What if I told you that your life could be completely transformed through meditation? Welcome to Meditate on This, an inspiring podcast where I share true life stories of people whose lives have been completely transformed through meditation. I am your host, Angela Accomando, and I can't wait to go on this journey with you. Today I'm talking to Stephen McManus, and we're going to talk about the three jewels, his journey into meditation, and whether you can find humor in meditation or not. We're also going to talk about whether you can start a meditation practice with just a few minutes to spare, and when a good time to stop meditating is. I am super excited because we have super spiritual on the show. Um, he's a good friend of mine. Uh, his name is Steven. He is the director of an enlightenment club in New York City. And he is also one of the funniest people I know. You could follow him on Instagram at super spiritual. And I highly recommend it because he'll give you a daily dose of much needed laughter. So Steven, thank you for being on the show. Hi, Angela. Thanks for having me. So I kind of glanced over, you know, that you're the director, but tell us what you do for a living there at the Three Jewels. I do about everything that's needed to be done to run a studio. So it started mm, seven years ago. I, I was just a student at Three Jewels. And then after being there for a while, they needed new management. And I was just working at a shitty restaurant job. So I was like, um, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And back then, Three Jewels, you know, it didn't require much work. It was like I was, I was almost just volunteering my time to manage the place. And uh, there was a couple classes a day, mostly just the Buddhist philosophy courses and some meditation. And then, you know, as we continued to grow it, it just needed more and more of my attention. And so I eventually I became full-time director. And, and now, you know, it's in the latest iteration, which is uh, the Enlightenment Studio. So you started out there just taking classes. So what actually brought you to meditation? Yeah, okay. So I have to kind of go through my my history. I grew up with meditation. I was very familiar with meditation growing up. My mom had a guru. We would go to an ashram every summer. It was all very weird and <laughs> very different to like all the things that my friends were doing. But yeah, I grew up with yoga and meditation and a guru. And it, it was it wasn't Hindu, but it was uh, a lot of the same traditions as Hinduism. And then time around when I was a teenager, I kind of stopped doing that. I also grew up Catholic. So, I, you know, I stopped going to church. I stopped uh, going to the ashram every summer. And I kind of just, my, my, belief, my belief system became like partying and drugs. And then, uh, you know, I did that for a couple of years through college. And then I actually started meditating again in college because I was really anxious and, you know, drugs weren't helping um, because I couldn't do drugs every single day because I wouldn't live. Uh, so <laughs> I had to find something else. And I, re I remembered meditation. And so I just, you know, I practiced what I knew. And then eventually I moved to New York. It, it helped. It helped a lot. I should say that it definitely helped. But then eventually I moved to New York and I met my current boyfriend, Hector, which of course, you know, and he was studying Buddhism or is studying Buddhism for the past like 25 plus years. We met and when we, we would hang out, we would just talk about philosophy and 
about all these like really cool ideas and meditation included. And then at that point, I started practicing meditation more seriously. And I, I, for the first time in my life, I actually felt like I understood what meditation was. Because before that, I would just practice it. Like I would do either a, a mantra meditation or a breath meditation, and it would work. It was effective, but I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I just knew like this thing was working. I'll keep doing it. But yeah, once I met Hector and once I started studying, I felt like, oh, I actually understand what meditation is and I understand what I'm doing. And I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it does. So would you say, because there's always a catalyst to bring about change in someone's life. So what would you say your catalyst was? I'm suffering in, in what way? Yeah, it's it's always that. Um, I was really anxious, like mm. panic attacks. Um, the anxiety would flip into a deep depression. The depression would flip into like suicidal thoughts. For a, a year and a half, I was uh, in college and just in a really, really dark place. I was still in the closet and mm. just dealing with you know, waking up every morning, having like maybe five seconds of feeling like, oh, I feel pretty good. And then remembering how anxious and depressed and like in the closet and, and like, I just wanted to die. But the thing was like, I didn't actually want to die. I just wanted something to change. Like I couldn't understand what was happening in my life. And I just felt like I was at rock bottom. Like suicide was an, was the, an idea in my head because I wanted an escape. I wanted a, something to shift. I wanted to escape um, the way that I was feeling and the way I was thinking. And I didn't know how to get out of it. And like, you know, drinking and like smoking weed and stuff like that was like temporary fixes. But then, you know, once, once I wasn't high or once I wasn't drunk or whatever, then it would just get worse. I would be like, oh man, I was just covering this up. And so I, I, was, I was just spiraling downwards. Um, but it was like a really long time. It was like a year, maybe a year and a half of just going through this day after day and not knowing what to do. And um, and so then, you know, I went to the doctor um, and the doctor recommended that I meditate. That's amazing. I, I didn't know expecting. that. Yeah, it was crazy. I was, I was thinking like, oh, he's going to get me on like Xanax or something crazy. Um, and uh, he was like, because of your drug history, like, I'm not going to put you on anything. Have you ever wow. meditated? And I was like, yes, I have. Um, I didn't want that answer, of course. I was like, yeah. oh, I don't want to do anything. I just want to, like, I want this problem to go away now. Um, and so then I did. I, I just meditated with, you know, the techniques that I had. And it was helping. Like, I was like, oh, I'm able to actually fall asleep at night. I would do that. I would, like, sit and meditate until I fell asleep. And, and that was helping a lot. Um, so wow. yeah, that, that, I mean, that was my rock bottom. It was, it was the like severe anxiety and panic attacks and leading into like severe depression and suicidal thoughts. Wow. And, and then that was it. I was like, this can't be life. Like this can't be, you know, what I have to live with for the rest of my life. There's gotta be another way out. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, I'm glad that you gave up the drinking because so many people come to me with anxiety and I gave up drinking a year and a half ago and they think it's because something big happened in my life 
And it's not, I'm like, I just, I'm so in touch with my body that I can feel what it does to me. And I started seeing the cycle of, again, like I need to relax or I'm out with some friends and it wasn't even allowed to be like one or two glasses of wine and then you drink it. And maybe at the moment it will ease you, but then it actually amplifies the anxiety and depression and everything else. It's like this, this spiral thing that you're, it's like a loop. Right. You know, yeah. of, oh, I feel this now I'm going to drink, but that drink is part of what's causing this and, and over and over. But that's amazing that, um, the doctor told you to meditate. That's inspiring. I know. I know. It's like, you never know where these little angels are going to pop up in your life. <laughs> yeah. I always, yeah, that's so true. And what would you say is your favorite style of meditation that you do? Like your go-to meditation? So yeah, there's so many different types of meditations. Um, growing up, I learned mantra meditation, which is repeating something, uh, some words in your head, some like sacred words in your head, but um, it can be any words, truly. Uh, and that worked. But then when I discovered Tibetan Buddhism, um, there was a, for some amazing, amazing visualization meditations that I learned. Uh, and my favorite to date is a meditation called Tong Lan, mm -hmm. which is Tibetan for giving and taking. And it, it's this idea of you imagine someone that you know, or it could be anyone, but um, someone that's going through a rough time. So someone that's struggling either physically or emotionally. And you imagine taking away their suffering, whatever it is. And it it appears as like this black smoke or like a black tar and you, and you actually take it into yourself and destroy it, which is like, when I first learned it, I was like, Whoa, like, I don't want to take in anyone else's suffering. Like I got enough of my own. Fuck that. You know? Um, so it's this really brave act of like being confident that the love in your heart and the wisdom in your heart will destroy the suffering and you, and you take it in, destroy it, completely annihilate the suffering, and then you send them back this love. You send them back this wisdom that's in your heart. And the whole practice is you actually imagine them changing. You actually imagine when you take away their suffering, give them back this love and, and this wisdom that they, they're actually healed, like they're a better person. Mm. And, uh, and it's cool because, I mean, one uh, I should say, you know, don't practice it without getting proper training because yeah. you, you shouldn't take in people's suffering. You shouldn't feel like you have to take in other sufferings without knowing how to do it properly. But um, the whole technique, when I first learned it, I was like, well, that's so cool. And then my teacher was questioning us. He was like, can you actually change people in meditation? Like, can you change people with just your own mind? And I'll leave it at that. I don't want to get too much into that de uh, debate, but it was a really good question. Because like, you know, I was, I was doing this practice and, and I was actually seeing it make major changes in my reality outside of my meditation. So it was cool. Yeah, Tonglen is a very powerful, which honestly, it's really a secret teaching, correct? Uh, good question. I don't think so. I've never heard that, but oh, okay. um, it, it feels like it might be because it's so... It's advanced. It's very powerful. Yeah. 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 And so... Um, I'll share that I did a Tonglen meditation for a while with my mother. And I, I can relate to what you're saying that it really changed my relationship with her and how I saw her. 
and it is super powerful. So when you talk about destroying that, you know, the black smoke of, of the person's pain, how do you destroy it? So the technique is you inhale it through your nose. And within that inhale, it drops down to your heart where there is a either like a lotus with a diamond on it representing the love and, and wisdom, or sometimes they'll have a fire there. There's different like visualizations that you can practice. And as soon as it makes contact with that love and that wisdom, whatever it is represented at, it just explodes. Like I think of it as like um, a sun reaching the end of its days and it just annihilate into a vapor. And then, so that's all within the inhale. And then when you exhale, you're just exhaling that vapor out. So whatever's left, you're just exhaling out. Mm. And if somebody wanted to learn this, like, could they go to the three jewels to learn it? Yep. Yeah, definitely. You could go to three jewels. Um, there's teachings online. I think there's some audio recordings online that you can access to. A, on the knowledge base, I'm pretty sure you can access teachings on Tonglan. Okay, cool. I'll definitely put that in the show notes. And cool. so you spoke about how you had like, it seemed like debilitating anxiety yeah. before meditation. So how is your anxiety now? <laughs> Currently, right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I'm good. I, I still get it. And, you know, sometimes it's strong, but I don't know. It's different. It has a different flavor now. When it comes on, I'm like, oh, here it is. And, uh, and then I feel like I have all these tools to work with it. Yeah. Like, I like go in my little tool bag and I'm like, you know, what's going to work today? So, yeah, I mean, it's not like it's gone away forever. But the, the, t- the amount of time between anxiety, like triggers or anxiety attacks, is a lot is a lot longer so like like actually just thinking about it i'm like oh man when's the last time like i had an anxiety attack i can't even remember which which is kind of what happens when you're working with mental afflictions and you're starting to purify them more and more time happens between them we all experience a a range of emotions Uh, some are more strong for others but it just depends on like who you are and where you're at in your life and yeah i think you know the 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 biggest thing that i the, the biggest mental affliction that I've been working with lately is anger, mm. which it's always mental afflictions that you're like, oh, I, I'm good on that. I won't, I won't have to like experience that one. And then you start to purify or you start to work with these uh, emotions. And as soon as you feel like you've conquered one, then the next one r- rises to the surface and you're like, oh shit, I have to, I have like anger coming up all the time like (laughs) I didn't even think I was an angry person like what the hell okay yeah there's so many layers and meditation helps with all of these layers I know they've they've helped for me and you know like you said anxiety is going to arise throughout life you know diminishing it a hundred percent maybe could be done think it's possible but until we get to that point meditation is a really powerful tool can you share how you made it an everyday practice because i know that's one of the biggest things that people come to me with is i don't have the time you know i don't think i'm doing it right and so they give up and so how did you finally make this a daily practice or are you still working on that Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, not to lie, I definitely don't meditate every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but I try. But I think, honestly, I probably do meditate every day. I just, I don't make it to my cushion every day. Mm. Um, but yeah, if if I don't crawl my ass over to my meditation cushion first thing in the morning, then it's probably not going to happen as like a ritual. So that's step one. It's like, wake up, don't do anything, get your ass to the cushion first thing. Or, you know, maybe like sometimes I like to brush my teeth before meditating, but don't check your phone, like number one rule. <laughs> and then I'll trick myself. I'll be like, I'm just going to meditate for five minutes. That's it. Just oh, five I love minutes. that. Yeah. And then I'll sit there and five minutes will go by and I'm like, I'm, I'm here. You know what? I'll just give it a little bit more time. And so I might end up sitting for like 15 or 20 minutes. I used to try and do like 30 minutes or one hour and it just became grueling. I, I think it's important to work your way up to that amount of time. Yeah. If you can sit for that long, like congratulations, that's amazing. And you should, <laughs> yeah. but you know, don't feel like you have to, I think start small and work your way up. My teachers have been like, you know, add a minute every week. Oh, I just, like that. Just add a minute every week. Yeah. This is my life at this point. Like my life is focused around yoga, meditation and Buddhism, whether I'm doing emails, it's around that. Um, so, so I feel like I have a lot of time to spend, um, thinking about these things and, uh, I'm either like working on these things or, you know, I'm taking classes at three jewels or I'm on my way to three jewels. So there's a lot of opportunity for me to practice. Um, my meditation practice might be like me sitting on the subway, getting a little bit of time to reflect, or I might actually be at three jewels. And so I'm always reprogramming my mind or, or training my mind around these ideas, which, uh, which is meditation. I mean, meditation is training the mind, reprogramming it. And so there's a lot of time where I'm doing that throughout my day. And I'm not like sitting on my cushion. Yeah, I like how you gave that example of even being on the New York City subway, because I don't think there's a louder, more distracting place than the New York City subway and to be able to implement meditation. Cause I think people also think that in order to meditate, they have to have the perfect circumstance of quietness and the room needs to be like that. And like all of that would be great in a perfect world. But if we continue to wait to meditate until, until the perfect situation showed up, it's never going to happen. Yeah. And I like your tip on adding one minute a week. That's kind of like when Patanjali talks about in the yoga sutras, just starting small with potatoes and carrots. Yeah. And, it's, and it's something that I've implemented because one of my first meditation teachers, James Connor, he's an old three jeweler. That's what the advice he gave to me was start small. And I just have implemented that in every part of my life. And it really helps because I feel like we're trying to always go from point A to point Z without going through B, C, D, E. Yeah, totally. And then we're like, oh, you see, I can't do it. And then we kind of throw it away. But if we say, and I like those, because my next question was going to be, can you give listeners one quick tip? You gave us several tips of <laughs> tricking yourself and adding a minute. Are there any other tips that you would give people so they could begin implementing yeah. meditation into their lives? Yeah. Don't meditate. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it's a tip I was just talking about last night. Stop when the meditation feels good. This is something my teachers have taught me as well. Say you're doing, you know, you're going to sit for like 10 minutes. But at like minute seven, you're like, wow, the meditation feels really good right now. 
stop at that point. Just end the meditation. Wow. Because you'll you'll go back to your meditation wanting more. I love that. I, I haven't heard of that. I like that. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's it's something to experiment with. You know, maybe don't do it all the time because then you might just be cutting your meditations really short. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it, it depends on the meditation practice you're doing too. Like, obviously, if you're in the middle of like a tongue one, you're not going to like stop in the middle of it. But, you know, if you're doing just like a breath meditation and you're finding stillness in there and your mind is like unwavering and you're like, oh, I'm starting to feel maybe some bliss, like maybe stop at that point instead of like trying to get more and more of it where you might end the meditation where your mind is just like distracted and, and you're not even meditating anymore. Wow. That's a, that's a really, really great piece of advice. Wow. I love that. So we've talked a little bit about three jewels, but I want to talk more about it because I would love anyone who's listening to hop on over to the three jewels because that is not the place that I started my journey, but it's the place where I found my heart teacher, Hector, whom I love dearly and where my journey went deep and really helped to really, it's where I got my, my meditation teacher training. And it's where I was able to really learn some powerful, powerful teachings that completely transformed my life and helped me to be a lot more peaceful and happy and healthy and really the kind of person that I wanted to be, um, but I just didn't know how to get there. So tell us what else, like what goes on at the Three Jewels? It's funny. Everything you just described is also how I feel about Three Jewels. Yeah. Um, yeah. Three Jewels started 25 years ago. Wow. It was just a, a small store in the East Village. They sold Tibetan Buddhist books. They had tea that you could get for free and, um, you know, some meditation, some like random meditation classes and, and random Buddhist philosophy classes. I guess not random Buddhist philosophy classes. They had the, it started because there's these Buddhist courses that we still offer called Asian Classics Institute courses, which they're the equivalent of getting your monastic degree. So if you were to go to a, a monastery or a nunnery and spend like 20 years getting what, what they call a Geshe degree, which is like getting your PhD in Buddhism, that curriculum has been condensed and translated into English. And that's what we offer at Three Jewels. It goes through the six great books of Tibetan Buddhism, but it covers so much. It covers karma, it covers, you know, ethics, it covers vows, it covers wisdom, emptiness, compassion, like you name it, the entire path. And so that's really the foundation of Three Jewels. And uh, it's really, I think, sustained its 25 years uh, because of those teachings. Because people they get a taste of these teachings and it just transforms their lives like you and like me. And then people just want to give back. People want to like make sure that those teachings are accessible for everybody else because they're so transformative because so three jewels is a nonprofit. It's mostly run by volunteers and it's mostly funded by just the love of the community. It's the, it doesn't have like big funders or anything like that. It's just the community itself that's running it and, and supporting it financially. And which is crazy to have something in New York be alive for 25 years. Yes. Just, uh, just from that is kind of like unheard of. That, that definitely um, is. 
Yeah. And so, you know, it's grown. Obviously, it's grown so much after it was in its original location. A couple of years later, it grew a little bit and moved to the location where I found it, which was still in the East Village, but closer to Union Square and um, still had its like old New York charm, very traditional, <laughs> traditional Tibetan Buddhism, you know, with like the maroon and uh, yellow color. Yeah. And um and it was cute. It was like charming in its own way, very, very traditional way. But um, yeah, once I came on, you know, seven years ago, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna make this place fabulous. Like, let's make it a little bit. Let's spruce it up a little bit. And so I was like, it really does. It needs a, a makeover. If like it wants to be relevant in New York City, it needs to change. Yeah. Like, everything needs to change about it except for the content itself because that was perfect so we just gave it a makeover we rebranded um we we moved into a new location two years ago and we made it something that's like relevant and current in new york city these days in the wellness industry at least yeah it's Um, a beautiful you guys did a great job because it is modern and fresh and inspiring and a place you want to be at and you guys added the cafe in the front which is great because you don't have to just go in and go out you there's actually community and that's one of the things that you know when i speak to people just being there the reasons why they come is they're looking you know new york city is a big place and it's an easy place to feel um very lost and very alone yeah and you know three jewels has done great with not only just supplying a community but also a community to other communities who maybe aren't welcome in other places like the lgbtq community and i know we have a lot of you know a huge lgbtq community that's in the three jewels i mean you run it you're gay uh the director's gay i love you guys um (laughs) you're the cutest couple my favorite couple ever so I was when I was at the Medi Club last night I was actually talking to the person next to me and I was telling him about the three jewels and I was like go over there and I was telling him about the ACI courses and I was like when when I came it was crazy because I had been working with again an old three jeweler Lindsay Krauss and we were just talking over the phone a lot and she said you know you really need to find this place called the three jewels Uh, it's where you know I used to go when I lived in New York and I have a lot of history there and she said you know you should really find out when they're going to do ACI number 12 and I'd never done any ACI courses and at first I thought it was a course in miracles and she's like no 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 that's something else and so Uh I, I went to the three jewels I happened to meet Hector that day and he has no idea what was told to me and he says to me you know, you should come to my class on Wednesday. And I was like, oh, what is it about? And he goes, ACI 12. And I freaked out. And I was like, oh my God, that's what my teacher told me that I should be taking. Do you know Lindsay? He's like, of course I know Lindsay. She's a friend of mine. And I remember the first six classes, ACI 12 is a deep class. And that's what I was telling the guy at the Medi Club last night is I was like, if you want to go deep, Three Jewels is the place to go. You know, if you're really looking to go deep and get some really life-changing, transformative teachings, that's the place to go. (laughs) Nice. So thank you, Stephen. This is, you really gave a lot of great tips to help people and I appreciate your time. I hope you know how special you are to me and how grateful I am for you to come on the podcast. 
Now, where can listeners find you? Yeah, um, thank you for having me on the podcast. Really happy to be a part of this and you know how much I love you. Um, I, where can people find me? I'm on Instagram like all the time, like 90% of the day I'm on Instagram. <laughs> and give us your so, handle, even though I've said yeah, it. But. It's super spiritual. Super, and you, you make spiritual, spiritual really fun. Yeah, so that was the idea. It's like, how can I make fun of myself on this spiritual path and you know all the trials and tribulations and all the things that we have to go through whether you know like the the name itself super spiritual is like me making fun of (laughs) spirituality because like whether you're you think you're spiritual or not like you're we're all humans and we're all you know trying to be happy and and that's spiritual enough and we do all these things to try and be happy whether it's uh, meditating or doing yoga or you know whatever else we do we go to brunch on Sundays or you know we have a cocktail whatever it is like we do all these things and it, sometimes they work and sometimes they don't and so that's 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 part of the path it's like trying to figure out what's actually going to help us and what's not um, and so that's what I'm doing I'm making fun of that you know I'm I'm really like laughing at how funny life is because you know it's kind of hilarious when we think life is going well like right now I have people doing construction above my head um and then you get thrown a curveball and you're like wow (laughs) shit's real man shit is real um so anyways yeah it's memes it's a bunch of memes it's a bunch of jokes about spirituality and and life in general and they could find you at Three Jewels. And on Thursday nights is the Enlightenment Club, correct? Actually, no, we just changed it uh, starting in 2020. So, uh, yes, you can find me at Three Jewels. I teach there three times a week and, um, uh, and for yoga and meditation. And then Enlightenment Club is now once a month. And it's going to be every last Wednesday of each month. Ah, okay, cool. Yeah, and Enlightenment Club is cool because that's where, you know, we're, we're, we're starting to unpack some of these Buddhist ideas in a very accessible, friendly way. So it's not like as heavy as some of the ACI material. Yeah. Um, but it's a really good like starter or, you know, a good intro to Buddhism. Yeah. And then you also do all kinds of other fun stuff like teaching at, tell us some of the places you have taught at and that you are teaching that month. Yeah. It's cool. I never expected this to be my life, but um, I guess once you commit to something, then opportunities start to open up for you. So, Mm. you know, I became full-time director and full-time teacher at Three Jewels and and also because of my Instagram, I've, I've just networked with so many people. And now I get to teach at really cool places. Like yesterday, I taught at one of the biggest uh, advertising agencies. That's uh, amazing. At, at, in New York City. And I don't know how, I'm pretty sure they're pretty big in the world too. Wow. Um, and they have this awesome meditation program. And I got to be a part of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I teach all over the place, teach at different corporate gigs and think of some of the other things I've done but yeah just opportunities have opened up for me and I got to share this I mean it's it's me doing this I just got to share my experience with it it's not like too much different than me being me and and saying like this stuff has worked and hopefully it works for you too 
Yeah, I'm so excited that you're doing stuff with corporations because, you know, that can be a very powerful shift in how somebody shows up to their job, how people interact and the things they put out in the world. So that's, that's awesome. I, I am always so excited and inspired watching you on your Insta stories on what you're doing next. So that's uh, our time for today. And thank you so much. I will put everything we spoke about in the show notes. And if cool. you haven't been to uh, Three Jewels, definitely get there and say hi to Steven. So Steven, give Hector a kiss for me. I have to come down and see you guys soon because I miss you dearly. Yeah, please do. Okay, thanks so much and have a good rest of your day. All right, thank you so okay. much. Thank you for listening to Meditate on this podcast. I hope you were inspired today. If you're not a subscriber, go ahead and subscribe so you'll be notified of every story as they're shared. I would be so grateful if you left a review, rated it, and shared it with a friend. This helps bring these inspiring messages to more people in the world. And if you'd like to bring more peace and happiness into your life and you're interested in starting a meditation practice, make sure you join my free meditation challenge. You can sign up for it at meditateonthispodcast.com or there's a link in the show notes below. For daily inspiration, you can follow me on Instagram at Angela Accomando. Have a wonderful day. And remember, there's transformation through meditation. Ciao for now.